This is Dwayne Ali. I'm your host. This is Ninjas of Another Color Podcast. This is episode 26. It is after the Super Bowl, and our title today is Did You Enjoy Halftime? Yes, I'm Dwayne Ali. This is the Ninjas of Another Color Podcast. Rate us, review us, follow, support. We are available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Pandora, tune in Google Podcasts, and we're still working on Amazon. I mean, Apple. Uh, give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, give us two stars. If you don't give us any stars, I can assume that I'm doing it correctly. All right, today, since it's after the Super Bowl and the All Star Weekend is coming up, did you enjoy the halftime show? Let's get it started. Does that mean our lives are meaningless? Does that mean that there was no point in our being born? Would you say that of our slain comrades? What about their lives? Were they meaningless? They were not! Their memory serves as an example to us all! The courage is fallen! The anguish is fallen! Their lives have meaning because we, the living, refuse to forget them! And as we rise to certain death, we trust our successors to do the same! Yes, from Attack on Titan, one of the best anime speeches in 2022-23. And we're going to move to the Super Bowl. Did the Kansas City Chiefs win or did the Eagles blow the game? What do you think? Uh, Give us uh, your feedback at ninjas of another color at gmail.com and let's go to the Super Bowl. Surging forward is Hurts. No signal yet. 
fact, there's a penalty flag in the middle of that. Nothing was signal as of right now. a touchdown. That's why it's so important that they stay on track. Second down. Mahomes firing and it's caught by Kelsey in stride. Travis Kelsey up near midfield. Pacheco. Good strong cut. Breaks a tackle. Pacheco inside the 30. Shoulder down and all the way down near the 20. Kelsey at the bottom is going to come in a little short motion. Looking that way, throwing that way. Kelsey got it. Touchdown. Eagles have to get to the 35. Hurts. Pressure coming. In trouble. And now just going to throw it away. Pursuit there from Frank Clark. And this Kansas City D forces a punt. Mahomes, a lot of time, slings it over the middle, and it's Kelsey again. It was wide open and takes it down to the 30. Roll out. Mahomes breaks away. Shuttle pass, dangerous and incomplete. TJ Edwards had an opportunity there. Okay, and hits the post. No good. Chiefs show blitz. They come with it. Hurts is blocked up. A.J. Brown has a first down. His first catch of the Super Bowl. Hurts has all day. Loading up. Taking a shot. Looking for A.J. Brown. He's got it. Touchdown. Coming. Mahomes gets it away and it's incomplete. Tried to get it to Smith Schuster. Bradbury on the coverage and no flags. More pressure. Hurts spins away. Here comes Frank Clark. Throws opposite his body and it's caught for a first down. Zach Pascal. Just get the playoff here. Give it off to Gainwell. Pressure in the backfield. Scurries out of it now. Across midfield in the Chiefs territory. Boy, it looked like there was nothing there. He got around Leo Chanel. Pick up nine yards. Burns on a quarterback draw. Nowhere to go. The ball's loose. Sitting on the turf. It's picked up by Bolton. No one in front of him is going to score. First down, and I think he's got it. Wow. 
Ross to move it just short. So it's third and one. Go for the sneak, and they have it easily. They're fourth in the NFL in that category this year. Third and seven. Or it's on the give. And people may say, well, what are they doing? Because they're going to go for it on fourth, aren't they? Well, that's, that's the consideration. Four-man rush. Quarterback Ron Hurts using his legs. Stays up and room to run. Jalen Hurts inside the 20. Boy, he almost got tripped up early, but a big gainer for Hurts in a first down. It's been a bit of a challenge for them defensively. Third and three. Scott. Just nowhere to go. Played well. Chris Jones in the middle of that Kansas City front. And there's a penalty flag, and the cadence may have worked. Now Hurts on the key. Has a seam, and Jalen Hurts is in for the touchdown. His second rushing touchdown today. They will. Mahomes, quick throw, far side of the field, put there by Watson. Third and 15, four-man rush. Mahomes in trouble. Mahomes now going to tuck it and run, and he is taken down. T.J. Edwards came to get him. Holmes is slow getting up. Oh boy. We'll go to work again and try to make him feel all right. Here's Townsend to punts. Covey. That's some room. Now across the 30, 35. Covey out across the 40. And a big return for Brayton Covey, the rookie from Utah. Positive play, easy completion. Allows us to get on the ball and go no huddle. Hurts loaded up, going for Devontae Smith. He's got it! A big catch to Devontae Smith. This long. The receiver did not maintain control of the ball throughout the process of the catch. And so his quarterback sneak mode, and Hurts chunks forward again. I mean, he was hit behind the line of scrimmage, but it didn't even matter. Hurts. Third down, A.J. Brown wide open. First down and more. Cuts inside the 30. Gets a block and he's inside the 20. With 15 seconds to go in the half. Hurts has time. Gets in the middle of Gainwell who gets hit immediately by McDuffie. Now the Eagles have to use their final timeout. And 35-yard try. Jake Elliott up, and it is through. And the Eagles extend to a 10-point lead. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This is where I think the Eagles lost the game. Instead of scoring a touchdown, they scored a field goal. It's currently at half, 24-14. to 14. Should have been at least 28-14, to 14, but that fumble killed them. And in the second half, you'll see how this vaunted Eagle defense got uh, embarrassed, maybe, is the word. Excuse me, I find. Uh, embarrassed may not be the word, but they got trashed. They got run out. They got, they got 
drug up and down the field. A lot of people complain about the field being slippy, slippery. That could be a factor, but they just couldn't stop them. They had 74 sacks throughout the year, and they had zero. Zero on a dude with one ankle. And this is halftime, and ASAP Rocky just announced his 401k plan because he impregnated a billionaire. Salute to him. Moving on to the second half. At the half. We lost Thomas Mike there. Apologize about that. 31 Chiefs haven't converted a third down yet. They try here. Here's Mahomes. In some trouble. And it's catch, I think, by Kelsey. Boy, low throw. He went down to get it. But on the move now. The second down. Backside pressure throws on the run and has a completion and a first down. It's Justin Watson who makes the catch. Mahomes back to collapsing, running around, looking, that's going to take off. Has a first down, still on his feet. Mahomes down to the five. Tenth play of the drive here for Kansas City. Pacheco right up the gun. Touchdown! Third and six. Hurts has a lot of time. Hurts firing for Goddard, and he hauled it in. Great catch by Dallas Goddard to convert. And Justin Reed all over him. his way for a first down. Got to get to the 34. Hurts lost one. Goddard. Did he hang on? What a catch. Dallas Goddard has got it for a first down. Oh my goodness. Now a little flip. Sanders has it. He's not going to get there. Bolton was there again. Fourth and one, Hurts burrowing forward, and he's got another one. It's unbelievable how good they are at this. Trying to see if they can find a one-on-one. Four-man rush, Hurts over the middle. Gainwell catches, has a way to go, and he's not going to get there. Bolton again. What a game for Nick Bolton. Here's Jake Elliott from 33 yards right down the middle. And it's a six-point lead. Mahomes, quick hitter, and the catch is made by Juju Smith-Schuster. They're just trying to put him in a bind as a run defender and a pass defender. Here's Pacheco, a little stutter shake. Pacheco running hard, and he's down here first down. Maybe a football length short. See if they try to get one more play for the third quarter. They will. Second and short. Going to run a Pacheco. First down and more. Pacheco still going. Oh, good solid run by Isaiah Pacheco all the way down to the 44. Holmes has time. Over the middle. Has his man. It's caught by Smith-Schuster for a first down. Darius Tony in the backfield now along with Jared Kinnon. And Tony goes away. Holmes looking to throw. Juan and Tony. It has Schuster open again. Juju Smith-Schuster heating up on this drive. 
Quick throw. Tony's got it. Tony walks in. Touchdown, Kansas City. Third and two. Blitz coming. Hurts in deep trouble. Gets away. Throws across his body. Incomplete. Willie Kane with the speed. And Hurts had nowhere to go. And the Chiefs defense making a stand. Just the second punt of the day for Philadelphia. Here's Sipos. Low sinking kick. Tony on the run. Still up on his feet. Tony has a wall. It's another block. Tony inside the 20. Tony still going and he's down to the five. from an eligible to an ineligible player on back-to-back -back plays. Blitz coming, Mahomes, man wide open, touchdown Chiefs and Scott Moore! Okay, in the red zone, they scored on the two identical plays because they took advantage of the Eagles' over-aggressiveness. And in the second one, they were in the wrong formation. Um, Sky Moore and 11. Scandaliff. Uh, Scandaliff was on the wrong side. He needed to be on the other side with um, uh, Tony, but it scored. But that shows that the guy who got hired at Arizona might not be a good head coach. We're going to continue to see the quarterback sneak fast. Will Hurts. Oh, that last surge, I think, is going to get it. Yeah. What's coming? Hurts reason. Throws inside. It's Brown. He's got a first down in the Chiefs territory. You always want to block the inside rushers. Leave the widest men free. Hurts has some time. Going deep. Got a man to go. Smith. He's got it. He is out of bounds at the one. Push it in. First and goal. He's trying to shove Hurts over the end zone. Waiting for a signal. He's in. Touchdown, Eagles. And now they have to go for two for the tie, you would think. The 46-yard pass to Smith sets up Hurts with another rushing touchdown. A Super Bowl record, by the way, for quarterbacks. That's his third. That's his sixth catch today. Pacheco tries to get to the edge. Pacheco oh, gets upended there. Mahomes in trouble. Gets away. Mahomes racing with the bad ankle at all. Inside the 20 and he's taken down. Somehow Patrick Mahomes... Fresh 
Fisher, lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Yes, there was holding. They didn't call it in the first half, but they called it in the second half. That was a hold. If it was pass interference, it would be uncatchable, but that was holding. He held them in the break. So, yes, the defense cost the Eagles Super Bowl. Hang on, there's a penalty. pass, holding, number 24. Penalty. Worst case scenario, you'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. Mike, listen. I think on this stage, I, I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. Just, it changes the entire complexion of how this classic game is going to end. Still have to get Mahomes here. There you go. So, the Chiefs will set up. Butker, up, got it! Here we go. Hurts. As all day, now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Okay, that was the Super Bowl. Um, uh, what's my take from it? They scored 73 points. Yeah, 73 points. Uh, the field, I think it was a wash. Even though the Eagles slipped a lot, because you saw it, uh, the pass rush was nullified, probably due to the field or probably due to the offensive linemen. So, uh, I don't give that one. They just couldn't stop them in the second half. No matter what nobody said, they just couldn't stop them in the second half. They They were running wide open in the secondary, which was their weakness. The secondary and the special teams were the weakness of the Eagles. It got exposed on the wrong day. The wrong day to have a bad day. On this, what? Everyone was bragging about the front seven, but the back four was just like, they got they got torched. And, um, the guy who got the Eagles job was a DC. So, did he get the DC because of the Eagle defense, or is he good? That's a good question. Alright, we're going to move on to Kirk Warner. He's going to diagram the plays that shows that that DC might not deserve that job. Check it out. All right, back here on study ball, and I know a lot of people watching the game, uh, especially late in the game when the Chiefs threw a couple touchdown passes, one to, to Tony, one to Moore, uh, and they're wide open down in the red zone, and everybody's asking, what in the world happened there? What was Philly doing? How did Kansas City get guys wide open uh, in those kind of critical situations. Well, I'm going to take you back to uh, what basically the Chiefs did in all of their tight red zone situations and what led to those big touchdowns. Great job, uh, whether they recognized this going into the game or whether they recognized this early in the game and made the proper adjustments late. Either way, they had this wired, meaning the Kansas City Chiefs offense had this wired uh, for the most part on what uh, Philadelphia liked to do when they motioned down in the tight red zone, and that would ultimately be what led to those two easy touchdowns, which, again, were difference makers in this football game. Okay, so here we go. I just want you to see 
Okay, the Chiefs do a lot of different things. But every time they got down here, they ran motion. Okay, on this particular play, they're going to motion Sky Moore across to the other side. Watch what happens here. Okay, as they motion Sky Moore across, I think this is Avante Maddox right here. He's going to go back into kind of a, a middle safety position, and they're going to run somebody down on the other side. Okay, so they don't get all the way across here, but you see, they're going to rock this, and this guy's going to go and cover Sky Moore, and this guy's going to drop back into a safety position and wait for anything that comes back to his side. Okay, so there's one. Okay, here's another one. Watch Sky Moore. Okay, so here he is. Okay, we're going to watch him. We're going to motion to one side. What happens? Darius Slay points. Okay, I'm going to go back here. You come down and pick him up on this side. Okay, so then the Chiefs do that. Okay, great. Look what we got. Okay, somebody actually messed it up. This guy, they started to switch. They would have just snapped it like the last one and ran into the flat. It would have been wide open. But you see what they're trying to do here. Okay, they're expecting somebody to bounce and cover a man, but he ends up stopping and then he comes back the other way. So as he comes back the other way, what happens? Okay, Vernon Johnson goes back there. Darius Slay goes and picks him up again. So we see what the Eagles, okay, so there's there's the flat, right? There's the flat. He's there to take it. Safeties are rocking with the motion, all right? Feel like their guys are all good on the back end. They can all cover man. So instead of getting caught up with the motion coming in one direction and having to chase him all the way around, they were just going to rock this coverage right here, okay? So didn't work out right here. We hand it off. We get the touchdown, Okay. Okay, here we go with the motion again. What do we do? Okay, get the motion. What are they doing? Rocking, rocking, running back. Now this one, they're going to hand it to Jared McKinnon. It's great because they get the rock of the safeties, so there's no threat there. Oh, we got what we want. If we just block that guy, we're set up huge because the safeties are rocking. Okay, good job coming off and end up making the tackle right there. But you see. These were all plays before the two touchdowns. We got motion. What are they doing to the motion? They're rocking the safeties. They're rocking the coverage. They're giving us an opening on the other side. So here we go. Touchdowns. All right. We're going to come down here with Tony. And he's going to start moving like he's going to go in motion. Every time we've seen the motion, what's happened? This guy runs down. This guy runs back. And we've seen it numerous times already. So now what are we going to do? There's the motion. What do you see? Point, point, point. Go, go, go. Rock, rock, rock. You come down. Oh, wait. As he's trying to run back to get to the middle, he's out of position. And there it is. Wide open, easy touchdown. I like the way they set this up because you see this is an RPO. Could have handed the football off right there. All Patrick is looking at is he's watching, seeing the motion. What are they doing? If he sees this guy start to rock back and go, boom, he sees it. As soon as he sees that guy go, it's a quick flip to the outside. We get ourselves a touchdown. All right, here we go. Sky Moore out here. Okay, he's the guy that's been going in motion every time. He's crossed the field on all those other plays. Here we go. Let's start again. Oh, he's going across. Now this time, they actually changed it up after the touchdown, and they're actually going to let this guy go across and cover him, it looks like. But they're so worried about it because he ran across, and then he runs all these quick hitters. That the guy running man with him, going to chase him. He's starting to go to the other side because he doesn't want to get picked off. He doesn't want to be late. We're just going to put this in the ground again, and we're going to run 
the return right there, and there we go. Easy walk-in touchdown, all based on what they saw the adjustments by the Eagles were either earlier in the game with the motion or saw something on film. Two easy walk-in touchdowns that were the difference in the game. All right, so there you go. This, to me, is what the chess match of these games are all about in Super Bowls. Don't have a lot of success in the first half. What can you pick up? What nuances can you pick up and place into your game plan that can attack the tendencies of the opposing team? That, to me, was what this game was about for the Kansas City Chiefs. Philadelphia played well. They did what they did, uh, and they had a lot of success. But it was those adjustments, those little things that happened, one in the second quarter, or at least it was an adjustment that they came into the game with, and then the other ones in the second half, was it based off of what they saw in the first half? Maybe. Was it just part of their game plan and they just verified it in the first half, and then when they needed it down in the red zone later in the game, they just dialed them up based on seeing that those tendencies held true for the Philadelphia Eagles in their man-to-man coverage down in the red zone. However it played out, it's those little nuances that determine who wins the Super Bowl, and who doesn't? And, and, it, and it plays out in every single game. But at the biggest moment, there's just a couple things that played out in this game that were the difference between the Eagles going home with the trophy and the Chiefs going home with the trophy. Like I said, the dude who got the Arizona job got outsmarted. Even though when he switched to switch it to men. Um, he manned up on the second touchdown still got beat and they still not giving Eric Biennemi a a fair shot um, I don't know that's a fine um, how he interviews it could be interview. he's been interviewed for 15, 16 times but Joe Biden uh, Joe Biden ran for our, our office how much? hey Alexa how long how many times did Joe Biden run for president according to an Alexa answers contributor three times I see three times and he won but he's a wh- old white man so who knows but that's he's he's interviewing for the Washington job and they're going to be sold so I don't think he should take it he should stay with uh, the Chiefs till next year next hiring cycle then go to another team at least a stable team that has a good owner and a good quarterback. Check us out. National Man of Mystery. All right, guys, we will break that game down in just a few minutes. But let's start over in the NFL this morning because, according to reports, Eric Bieniemy scheduled to interview today with the Commanders for their offensive coordinator position. Not head coach. According to the report, Bieniemy would consider the lateral move with the assumption he would be running the entire offense, and, and it could be a springboard for him to land an eventual head coaching job. Shannon, what do you think? Should the enemy take this OC spot if he gets offered? No. Why? And do what? Skip, you don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. It was Carson Wentz for like three weeks, then it was Taylor Heineken for a couple of weeks, and the end of the season being Sam Howell. Also, what's going, what's, what's going on with Washington? First of all, there's tor- turmoil. It's been brought for, for like the last decade. Now, there's a great, you know, there's an 80, 90% chance, Skip. They're going to be sold. The commanders are going to be sold. New ownership comes in. What normally happens with new ownerships? Yep. Unless you're winning up out the yin-yang, they clean house. Mm. 
they let the air go with the high. Mm. So normally, general manager, head coach, coordinator, whoever that is, is up out of there. Mm. So why would you take a six? Skip, if you can't get a job, and you're the OC, even if it's a name only, with Patrick Mahomes, how the hell you think you're going to get a job? You can't get a job, and you got Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You think you're about to get a job with Sam Howell? Mm. With Carson Wentz? With Taylor Heineke? Well, obviously, they will hit the free agent market hard. They will try to come away with the biggest name. I don't know who it is. It's Jimmy G. It's Ryan Tannehill. It's name somebody. It's uh, Derek Carr. I just want to know why come hot black candidates can't get coaching jobs when they're hot. Okay, let's go back to 2016, Skip. Yep. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. Yep. Josh McDaniels get offered it. Job at the last at the eighteenth hour, he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm staying." Mm-hmm. Since the facts, I'm staying in New England. Yeah. In 2017, Frank Wright, OC, with the gets it. He don't call the plays. Who was calling the plays? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Dougie P was calling the plays, right? Yeah. But Frank Wright gets the the uh, uh, the coach job. 2018, Rams lose the Super Bowl. He's not calling plays. Zach Taylor gets the job in Cincinnati. In in 20, 2019. Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Eric Benjamin doesn't get anything. Yeah. 2020, Byron Leftwich win the Super Bowl, doesn't get anything. He turns that down to the to, hey, yeah. let's put that out there, Skip. He did turn a job down. He, 2021, Rams win the Super Bowl. Kevin O'Connell does not call plays, gets the head job at Minnesota. In 2022, Eric Benjamin does not get hired. Shane Steichen does get hired. He did. You see the reoccurring theme right there, Skip Bayless? I am not touching. I don't want to anywhere go anywhere near Washington mm-hmm. until they settle their situation with what go, what's going on with ownership and all the things that's brewing from the uh, uh, above the coach up. I don't want that. I'm not touching it. So if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm gonna stay with my butt in Kansas City because if I can't get a job coaching Patrick Mahomes, I damn sure not gonna get a job coaching Sam Howell, uh, Carson Wentz, or Taylor Heineke. Mm. Taylor, Taylor Heineke, I got it right all time, Skip. I'm going to leave that alone, Skip. I'm not fooling with it. Eric Bannemi, stay where you are. This is a lateral move, but this is a suicide mission. Mm. If they don't think you're good enough right now, because you know what they're going to do, Skip. I can't believe the offense for Washington is no better than what they are. Did you see the quarterback that they got? Yeah. No. EB, stay where you are. Mm. Okay. So... We have a couple of stories in our overnight packet here on Undisputed. One from Time Magazine, the other from Nancy Armour of USA Today about this theme of why can't hot black assistants get head coaching jobs when they are hot, hot, when they should be right on schedule to get a job. What do we talk about on Monday, Skill? Okay. The hot, hot black camera okay. can't get no job. Well, my problem with these stories is you can just check the tape. I have been saying the exact same thing the Time Magazine is, the article is saying and the Nancy Armour article is saying for 15 years on national TV because I, I have been dumbfounded by it. it. It has been inexplicable to me, but then in the end, it's really pretty explicable because, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to just boil it down to these older white owners just aren't that comfortable with a black head coach because they need to interact, they need to go to dinner with the wives or the significance or whatever, and they're just not that comfortable. When they do have an interview, 
it, it's going to be a quicker click with a young white hot candidate. Than the, it's just culture. It's just the way life right. is. And I don't know how to defeat it because each of these guys is an independent owner in the umbrella of the NFL. And it's hard to legislate. You must hire no, a black coach, right? That, no. you, you can't in, unless it's in the man's heart to do the right thing. And every once in a while, we have the Roonies in Pittsburgh who actually did the right thing. There's this young candidate out of Minnesota, and and he's not even the coordinator at that point. Was he? I think he'd only been the DB coach at Tampa. Yeah, the coordinator job in Minnesota after one year. Okay, but it was only one year, and and he was he was a nobody to me. I didn't know who he was. I I didn't know of his name on Tony Dungy's staff. Correct, but but the Rooneys had him in, and they went out to dinner with the wives, and it clicked. Yes, and he said, "I'm going to take a plunge on this guy," and. I'd say that's one of the all-time great plunges, right? Absolutely. Every once in a while, it happens, but but it's just getting worse and worse. We just had another hiring cycle, and we got one black head coach out of it, out of the five that have been hired. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not right. The league is what are we going to call it? Seventy percent easy. Is it more? Maybe it's it at least more. It's at least seventy percent. Okay, at least seventy percent. Let's just call it black. Seventy percent black. Right. What is going on here? Two plus two equals oblivion. It's yeah. like, what, what, what do you? What's the problem? Right. And then I, I read these quotes from Jerry Jones, originally in the Washington Post. And he's saying, it, "It's not the interview process; it's who you know." It, it, he, he made the point. Wait, I didn't hire Jimmy Johnson off an interview. He didn't need an interview. He played with him. He roomed with him at Arkansas as a teammate, yeah. right? We, we okay. talked about that. Okay. 80% of the jobs are filled without an interview. Okay. Hey, you know somebody? That, that's what it is. That's what it is. And then Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jerry turned right around and fired Jimmy and hired Barry Switzer out of the blue. He head. also knew. Okay. Well, did he know him because <laughs> Barry helped coach that team right. and had played at Arkansas. So they were like this. They were very close. Right. And then he said he almost hired Denny Green ahead of, but Parcells became available. So if that's true, I got no problem because Bill Parcells is one of the all-time greats. And if, if he, in fact, did become available as you were about to hire Denny Green, I get that. But the reason Jerry said he wanted to hire Denny Green is they had served together on the competition committee and they had gotten to know each other. They had socialized. Right. So, but but, again, but, but think about that, yeah. Skip. That he hired, he hired uh, Jimmy Johnson because he knew him. He hired Barry because he knew him. Yep. Now, he gave him an opportunity to hire Danny Green, who he, he served with. He went with a guy he didn't know. He didn't know. That was white. But, you see what he did? But, but everybody knew that white coach yes. because he, at that point, was revered as the greatest coach, yeah. right? But here's the thing. What I deduce from what he said, yes, you white, I know. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. If you're white and I don't know you, and there's a black guy that I do know, I'm still gonna get you. I got because it. he had the opportunity. Skip, you know how close we're locked up and uh, Barry, you got gotta walk with a guy on the competition committee. Yep. Y'all in everything, every everything. room, every, face mask, the illegal contact, the this, the that, and you're having dinners to get. Yeah. Well, I do apologize for that sucky video, but yep, he deserves 
the job. He deserves a job. He shouldn't have to make a lateral move to get a job. But it is how it is. Until uh, Caucasian man who is comfortable with minorities will never see a lot of black head coaches probably not this lifetime probably probably when the kids take over hopefully whenever that is alright since we're leaving the Super Bowl which was the best commercial for you for me it was the Blue Moon commercial with uh, dueling dudes with uh, dueling beers Uh, nothing really stuck out P P Diddy with Uber One um, Serena Williams with her two commercials. Comcast had one about the two 10x, 10g, whatever that one on the third quarter. I only know that one because I have to do it at work. So, which one was your favorite commercial? Send us a line at ninjas of another color at gmail.com, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, this weekend is NBA All Star Weekend. And it's in Utah. So guess what? The ladies of the night will be descending on Utah this weekend to make money. If you don't know what ladies of the night is, look it up. Ask Siri, ask Alexa. Um, and guess who's in Utah right now? According to my Alexa answers completely. In political terms, a liberal is an individual that supports individual rights, civil rights, human rights, liberal democracy, secularism, rule of law, economic and political freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, private property, and a market economy. Shaquille O'Neal's first All-Star game. Wow, makes me feel old. It was it was the year Kenny the Jet Smith took part in not only the three-point contest but the slam dunk contest on the same night. Thank you, thank you, bud. And in, bud. and 1990 and in 1993, the MVP of the league was Charles Barkley. Nice. So. Shaq, what do you re- what do you remember about that first All Star experience? I remember a lot of people were upset because I had more votes than the great Patrick Ewing, but it was a great experience for me. I think the guys tried to freeze me out, but I, like I didn't want to come take over. I was just 
I was still a kid. I was still a kid. I was like, man, Charles Barker. Like, you know, Kenny, you talk about it all the time. You see a bunch of trading cards walking around. So I'm on the floor with Patrick Ewing, Pat Riley's the coach. I had a great time. Um, your experience. Uh, Exhausting. Years, 30 years ago. Exhausting. Was it? Yes, yeah, I, I, his experience. I didn't think. I didn't think. First of all, when I when What's I was his experience, Chuck, he lost both. <laughs> <laughs> when you're second or third in the world, is that losing? But yes, I'm no, it is. Yeah. It's not. You were eliminated in the first round. No, no. no. <laughs> Wait, Ernie. Yeah. On both of them? Yes. No, not both of them. Yes, in, in 1993. But on that stage in this city, what was that like for you? Well, I, I think overall, you know, this is a great sports town. Excited when the Jazz are in town and they're doing something. Like, you go to other cities and they go, oh, it's, yeah, it's the Laker game. Whether you could be in Chicago and they go, it's the Laker game. In Utah, they always say the Jazz are playing. They don't. They never worry about the other team. They always say the Jazz are playing. Yeah, for me, I, I said this is a very underrated city. When 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 the Utah Jazz were great, it was great for the NBA. Yeah, y'all guys are some of the best players in the world, and we are glad to wait, be wait, back. Wait, wait, time out, time out. Right? We need a close up of this. Do you have a penny loafer no, no, no. with actual hey, coins? Hey, hey, listen to me. Hey, that's coming later. In that's coming segment. later. Yeah. 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 I did not go see it. Really. No. This is a promotion. No, there's a story. Oh, it's got to it. be. We do hey. not need to okay. get into it. Okay, but wait. Did you really get eliminated in both first rounds? I, I don't know. I was a top five that, in the world. That year he did, but there were other years. Like 1990, lost the dunk final. Right? To who? To Dominique Wilkins. Because he did the same dunk three times in a row. You exactly. couldn't do that anymore. If he did the same dunk three times, you wouldn't get the same score. Thank so I, I should mention, we're at the complex here in Salt Lake City, American Express Roadshow. And again, thank you all very much. We're going to have a couple of uh, very special guests join us. At, after, But first, let's promo uh, what we've got coming on during the weekend. On Friday night. And that, at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. We will have the uh, Jordan Rising Stars. Oh, on TNT. Saturday, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, All Star Saturday night. Slam Dunk, Steals Competition, Three Point Competition. Center, kind of the centerpiece of the, uh, of the weekend. And then the game itself. The, the draft is going to be awesome. Sunday at 7 30 Eastern because this year, for the first time ever, the captains, LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo, are going to pick their teams live shortly before tip-off. So we're going to have no idea who's playing for who. That's going to be great until they do that draft live in the arena. Wow. That is going to be awesome. And the game itself, a couple of ways that you can enjoy it. The traditional broadcast will be on TNT with Brian Anderson uh, handling the play-by-play -play duties. Meantime on TBS... Uh, this bunch of clowns, we're going to do our own kind of version uh, as we did last year. Uh, and Draymond Green is going to be joining Oh, wow. Wow. Well, a lot of people. So, uh, all back to look forward to on All-Star Weekend. Good to be here in Salt Lake City. I uh, told you. Underrated City. Glad to be back. That's corporate speak because he knows better than that because Utah is a what? A racist town because they don't like, no, not say they don't if, uh, if you have uh, watched our show, we don't like minorities. Let's say that. Okay. Um, okay. NBA All Star Weekend. 
I don't want to harp this point, but Michael Jordan is the GOAT because they named the rookie game after Jordan. Ernie has on Jordan 1s. They're ugly, but they're Jordan 1s. And for some reason, a lot of people have football Jordans on. I need to see the LeBron football cleat. Somebody please let me know what that is because I haven't seen it yet and Michael Jordan is still the greatest. Alright, the NBA trades are still still looming. Um, KD just got introduced at um, Phoenix. Um, the guy who just got traded to um, Bridges scored 45 on the Heat in <laughs> New Jersey. And the Lakers won, I think, three games since they got traded. Yeah, three games when LeBron in the lineup. Yeah, they won two or three games. AD's mad, and Boston just inked their temporary guy long-term. Now, how do you, do you feel bad for Ibn Yudoka if he had just... This would have been his job, but he slept around and he got lost. That shit is incredible. Alright, moving on. Bally Sports is uh, going into bankruptcy. If many don't know, Bally Sports is a regional sports network for, I think, the Hawks, the Thrashers, the Braves, the Heat, the Marlins. Yeah, a lot of regional sports. And they're going to probably move baseball. To streaming uh, is that good or bad? I don't know. Let's go to the Levitard show and listen to this. Let's start with Bally's and the bankruptcy and how much money Bally's is pouring into all of baseball. What can you tell us about what it means that Manfred has to come out yesterday and say, Yeah, we expect to be paid, we expect money to be coming in that may or may not be coming in. He's actually talking to the bankruptcy court. Uh, what happens when you declare bankruptcy? You, you know, if you go just to the level of your house, when you don't make a mortgage payment and then you miss a bunch of them and the bank has the right to foreclose, what that means is the bank then owns your house. And banks are not in the business of owning homes. They don't want to own a home. So therefore, they're going to sell it. And that's when you can buy something in foreclosure and in theory get a deal because they want it off their books. So when, a, when they're saying that they're going to go bankrupt, it doesn't mean they don't have a dollar. It means they don't have enough dollars to pay out what they need to pay out contractually versus what they're taking in. And what they used to take in was all the money from you, the audience, who would pay your cable bill. And part of that cable bill would go to the networks to get on the cable, right? The cable company needs networks on the cable package. And then the networks need programming to put on the networks so that the cable companies will buy the networks. So the networks go out and buy rights. They buy live content. So there are 14 baseball teams where, who sold their rights to Bally's, to Sinclair. And then Sinclair said, hey, look at us. Let's get Fox Sports Florida on Comcast or on Spectrum, whatever the cable company is. But now we're all cutting the cord which means the money has stopped flowing because the audience has said, I don't want to pay for crap that I'm not engaging in. 
I don't want to pay for the Great British Bake Off if I'm not watching the Great British Bake Off. I don't want to pay for jazz if I don't if I like rock music. And I'm, that was a jazz chisel mark. So now bankruptcy is I, when I you think say explaining it uh, kind of ruins it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's what it is. I'm trying to teach you what happened. And the, if you just all right, let me do it in a way that maybe the Levitard show would like. You don't have to worry. You'll be able to watch your baseball team on TV. But I mean, okay. Are we okay I, with I, that, Dan? I, I, we, we I was were, just we criticizing your jazz chism joke. Yeah, that's it's a all. terrible joke. Otherwise, it was a, it was a good explanation. Until no, because Great British Bake Off is a BBC original show. Now it's on Channel Four and it's on Netflix, so you can't subscribe. It's not a Food Network show. It's not on cable, David. Oh, sorry. sorry. All right, <laughs> all right. Cut. Let's start again. Ready? Four, eight, twelve. Here's what's happening. Rob Manford has a problem in baseball because there are teams who make their budgets and decide to have player payrolls according to what their revenue is going to be. And a lot of their revenue comes from local TV deals. And if they don't get paid the money from their local TV deal, then they don't have the money to pay their payroll. Therefore, the players wouldn't get paid. However, there's something called the Players Union where the players have to get paid. So owners have to have the money to pay the players. Therefore, they have to have the revenue they thought they were going to have. So MLB has to step in and pay the teams what the teams expected to get paid. However, they can't do it if they're not getting the money from you, the audience. Therefore, there is going to be a real problem with player salaries, a real problem with team revenue, because the formula that's been used for decades of local TV money helping to prop up player payrolls and keep them growing because rights fees were growing like crazy over the past 20 years, that entire model has gone away. So Rob Manford took the microphone and said, we have a great idea. We're going to take all the rights in-house. We're going to keep the digital rights like MLS did. We're going to sell the digital rights as a package to some streaming service one of these years, which is our goal. We're going to produce the games. We're going to make them available to all of the fans of the Marlins and of the Braves. Don't worry. But in the meantime, we're going to figure out a new system of getting you these games because the old system doesn't work anymore. This is the most important TV story that's happened in our lifetime. The change that is going on in how we engage with our sports. And the fact that it's going to become a la carte. And John Skipper, when he talks about Super Bowl pay-per-view, and people laugh at him and say he's crazy, he's dead right. Because pay-per-view is the concept of, if you want it, you pay for it. If you don't want it, you don't need to pay for it. And baseball will have an issue if millions of people say, you know what, I don't need to watch my team. I'll wait for the World Series. If that happens, teams' revenues will go down, values will go down, and worse, player payroll will go down. But David, one of the things in following the story for a while is is it has seemed like Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, is almost... he, He said yesterday, I don't want our partners to fail, but I think they're almost excited at the proposition of what they can do with these rights instead of keeping yourself invested in the longer term in a model that is dying. The, ca- the cable paid TV model, these channels are not going up in subscribers, they're, the, the fees that they're getting are not going up. It's not going to be a business that increases. And I think that baseball is probably looking forward to what they can do with these. Would you say, yeah. w- would you say that's the case? No I, no, I would say they're trying to make lemonade out of lemons. 
So, of course, he's going to say that publicly. But if they had a strategy, which they did, they didn't want to implement the strategy with, uh, you know, with their feet to the fire, which happens when there's a bankruptcy. They'd want to do it over time as these contracts were expiring. But the fact is, this model has been so good for baseball because it's helped increase the value of teams. It's helped keep revenues growing because rights fees, no one ever dreamt that rights fees would ever do anything but go up. It's like our view of our homes or our view of different assets we own. We don't imagine the possibility they'll go down because it just doesn't happen all that often. So I don't think that Rob is happy, but I think he's trying to tell you that it's all okay. Believe me, Don Garber, he's not going to tell you, and, and Chris, you'll tell me if you disagree. When he sold the streaming package to Apple, he much rather would have had all teams have individual deals that were baseball-sized deals because that would have made their teams more valuable than they are today. But, but there is also the flip side of that, which is collectively they can make a big amount of money, kind of standardize broadcasts, and... In the case of baseball, they're going to try and turn this into a big product for their own channel that they own. So, well, I love where your head is at because you say collectively, but in baseball, no one likes the word collectively because what that means, forget collectively bargain, what that means is that you've got the Yankees on the same page as the Marlins. And the Yankees don't want that at all. In Major League Soccer, while we had our first team, I think Forbes said LAFC is worth a billion now, I think they said. Yep. More than a billion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a billion for LAFC. But the, the band of what teams are worth in MLS is much smaller than in baseball. And so in, when you've got a sport where the Cowboys are worth seven and another team's worth four, you know, that's a big enough band where you don't want to use the word collectively because that, that's sort of like socialism where everybody is going to be worth the same and everybody's price of entry has been different. So you do not want that in your business. I declare that I am also worth a billion dollars. Hell yeah! Who's your agent? Well, I'm not gonna... Uh. Alright. That's a little from the Dan Lebzard show. Talking about... Valley. Uh, declaring bankruptcy. And Major League Baseball is probably going to the streaming package. So... Keep an eye out. So it's probably not going to be this year. Probably next year that they'll go to streaming. It depends on... On which team and area. So at this time in the program you can advertise your yes, advertise your um product or Or streaming or anything, just give us a, a note at ninja of another color at gmail.com. We're available on Instagram, also on Twitter. All right, this is the Ninja of Another Color podcast. I am doing Ali. I'm your host. We are available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. Yes, we are still working on Apple. Give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, give us two stars. Give us any stars if you don't give us any stars. I just assume I'm doing it correctly. Uh, Rate, review, follow, donate, reach out and talk. Just hit us up. All right. 
Ant-Man and the Wasp is out. Um, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, this is a post credit scene that gives you the Council of Kangs. Check it out. seen in a different language but it shows the council of kang it's in an auditorium you have about millions and millions of um he should not be named and kangs from different different um realms and this shows that they're moving on into phase four Yeah, phase four or whatever. And they are going to... I guess... He's going to be the main villain of the... Avengers. The new Avengers. Yeah, the Kang Chronicles. So, it's starting now. So, if you haven't checked it out, it's a good movie. Uh, it's an IMAX. I think it's an IMAX. You can go to the IMAX, even though it's 40 bucks. Go ahead and check it out. Now, we are moving on to... That god awful Flash. They just introduced Red Death, which is a cross between Flash and and Batman. Okay, this is the final season of Flash. They jumped the shark a long time ago. I'm just sticking to it because I want to see what the ending. But this is the ending of episode two. This is the one where the new Caitlyn decides to be herself. They killed off Caitlyn and Frost. I forgot what her name was. Uh, she has no powers and she's not smart. So check it out.
Yep. If you didn't recognize the voice, that's the voice of the Candyman. Yep. He's doing the voice of the Red Red Death, aka cross between Batman and Flash. Um, like I said, the show jumped the shark a long time ago, but I will stick it out because I was there from the beginning and see any special cameos. All right, moving on to the DC, the new, the Flash movie. I don't understand how Ezra Miller still has a a job, yeah, but it is what it is. I hope they. I don't want nobody to lose his job, but he should lose his job because he couldn't handle fame and he has issues. So he just needs to take his money and go away. And we have Grant Gustin, but hey, that's just me. Check out the Flash trailer. Tell me something. You can go anywhere. Another timeline. Another universe. So why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? This is the world where my mom lives. I'm not going to lose her again. Time has a pattern that it can't help me living. Different people, different worlds, drawn to each other like magnets. My face. So my face. If you were to go into the past, there's no idea what the consequences can be. Yes, I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. This can't be happening. I completely broke the universe. the flash movie it takes its points from takes its points from um flashpoint there you go where he runs back in time um superman was 
when he crashed, they found him and they put him under a red sun and he became skinny and he came up and killed people. So that's what they did. They wrote it from the Flashpoint. Again, you get Shazam in in March. That in June and Aquaman in, I think, August. Started a new DC under that dude. But no, the, this is the last of the previous regime. But the new regime starts with um, bullshit of the death people or whatever. So we have got to wait until after Aquaman for any new announcements. Um, so that is Flash. So we're moving on to the, guess what? Bad Batch. Bad Batch was... Uh, I guess a filler episode because it was dealing with feelings. Yeah, the feelings of losing Echo in the longer family. And they got the ship stolen. So, this week, it is episode 9. Check it out. Go check on the kid! She 
said she wanted to be alone. Talk to her. This is the last one. episode nine again a filler episode to deal with echo leaving and them trying to make tech more human yeah because tech and echo usually is the they were redundant so hopefully he'll be back by the end of season two and that will give them more time to flesh out um tech as a a better character than just being robotic Uh, it was good for a full episode and the Mandalorian is starting soon so they've been showing a lot of Mandalorian in this Lone Wolf and Cub and this is Ninjas of Another Color Podcast I am your host at this point in the program we can promote your food truck dance product whatever you want just send us an email at ninja of another color at gmail.com hit us up on instagram we're also available on tiktok yes this is ninjas of another color podcast i am your host Wayne Notley, 
Uh, you can reach us or hear us wherever you get your podcasts, such as Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Pandora, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and we're still working on Apple. Give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, give us any stars. If you don't give us any stars, I'll just assume that we are doing it great. All right, moving on to our relationship section. Do women want men to be vulnerable? I've asked a couple of people, females, and yes. They say yes, but I don't know. Because we're going to listen to this video right now. The truth about men showing emotion. Check it out. Finishing schools come back. We need to see finishing schools come back. I did the bouquet of flowers real quick. So we're, we're starting wife school on a second channel. Shout out. Anybody, you don't think so. Why? The way society is moving, it's making, if we look at the trend, more and more men are being feminized in the sense that they're encouraged to talk about their emotions freely and they're encouraged to cross-dress and wear pink and try different clothes. And women, more and more, are encouraged to excel in their careers. Mm -hmm. Can I add to that point real uh quick, right? As a test to that theory, I I text one of my good friends, female friends, right? To be fair, it was was an experiment and it was an actual call for help, right? (laughs) Because I was like, I just lost my, uh, one of my greatest grand grand aunties, um, one of my best aunties, but it's technically grand aunties, however you work the family system, right? Um, She passed away. And I, and, I, and I hit her up like, hey, listen, I need to just cry for a minute, have female company, and that's about it. Not in a sense, not in a sexual mm-hmm. sense, but in a sense of, I can't cry to my mom because she's also crying about right. her auntie. Do you know what I mean? But I needed, I needed to have that excur- excursion. And this was like a girl you were seeing? No, 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 this was just a female friend. Oh, okay. Right, I wouldn't do it to a girl I've seen. That would just ruin the whole relationship. (laughs) Don't consider that as toxic masculinity. It's not, okay? Um, But at the same time, in the back of my head, it was a social experiment because I kind of knew she wasn't going to hit me up and be like, yeah, come, come around, cry for a little bit, and then we'll, we'll, like, you know, smoke up and then all blessings. You know what I mean? Like, it... It kind of hit me, and I was like, "This is maybe have I grown up wrong in the sense of I'm I as a man." I am feeling something that I have not felt in a long time. Give every morning. Supposed to show emotion, or are women not supposed to receive the emotion that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. But this is the issue: people feel that because you're a man you can't show your emotions that's why there's a lot of people that do suffer with MH right now because they're not able to express or they're not being taught to express because especially emotions shouldn't be looked upon as a weakness Mm. but the thing is like women aren't meant to handle men's emotions 
Like, Women yeah. are not meant to, but you can be. I mean, you, you can talk, you teach yourself I to. Mean, you, you're kind of going against nature, though, and that's what's confusing to men. Like, but, there's, there's study after study after study that's going to tell you that women lose respect for it's not fun this isn't like a fun part of female nature but they lose respect for men after we've seen them cry and a lot of girls will say they haven't looked at the guy the same and like you know i could be like dishonest and and come and say oh yeah like it's perfectly okay to express your emotions but it's just not like so to for from a man to express his emotions to i'm not saying like you can't ever show any but like if you want to cry in front of your girl is that a good bet not, not in general. So would you look at a man differently if a man cries in front of you? Um, I would say my dad is one of the people that I respect more than anyone in the world. Like, I, I listen to, like, pretty much whatever he tells me most of the time. <laughs> um, but, and I would say one of the reasons I respect him is he's just always been very in control of his emotions. I can count. I've seen my dad cry maybe once at his mom's, when his mom died. And mm. that's it. And I just think, like, that level of respect wouldn't happen if he was crying once a month, twice a year. Like, it just wouldn't be the same. Right? There is exceptions to when they're allowed to cry. Yeah. They don't have to be stone cold all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, I just think as a girl, you trust men more when they're in control of their emotions. Because if I feel like I'm more, like, you're more emotional than me, Mm. it's like, it's, it's a tough, like, to trust your judgment. No, I agree with that. And I'm not saying a man should cry every month. Same way a woman shouldn't cry every month if there's nothing to cry about. Mm-hmm. But the way I look at it with your emotions, like if something severe happens, some men do believe I'm not going to share a tear. Mm-hmm. And to, to me, it's like, but why not? Because you're still human at the end of the day. You're not made out still. still. Yeah. Well, I, I think the problem, though, is it's very confusing to men because we don't even know where the line is. And so, yeah, women in general, like, you don't know exactly, like, this is the line where I start to lose respect for you. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you at what point, like, this is, like, I don't think, I don't, if a dude, like, lost his mother, am I going to, you know, judge him for crying? No. But I I don't know what point you, but I know there's a point. It's about about being able to control your emotions without suppressing them, isn't it? Right. So it's... Like okay, I'm feeling I'm feeling this way because of X, and these are the things that I can do to solve it, rather than oh, I'm feeling this way, so I'm just going to cry. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like having a, having a solution oriented mindset is what what men want and what women also look for in a man as well is being able to lead, being able to be decisive, being able to. So you yeah, so it's just to add on to your point. Hence that's hence why I didn't go to like a family member or like. Someone, someone who was also sharing the same emotion I was, mm. because at the same time, like people who are gonna watch the same one would be like, "Yo, that's the backbone. That's the backbone of the family right mm-hmm. there." So for me to show emotion mm-hmm. and to cry, I, I better be all the way in flipping Norway. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's a fun part of female nature. Like, I don't think this is a very flattering part of ourselves. But it just, you know, it just. Kind of is, and I and I'm from a, my my family. All the he, head of the family are female. I'm the oldest boy. Mm. So, do you feel like the family like looks up to you to lead? Would you say sometimes? Yeah, if not nine times out of ten. If there's a family barbecue, mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the chef, so you're mm-hmm. grilling. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Comes to Christmas, yeah. Ash, run, do this X Y Z one two and three. 
Yeah, I'm getting it done because mm-hmm. that's what is expected of a man. Yeah, to get shit done. It's leadership. Le- mm-hmm. That that's my point. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when it comes to family, yeah, I am the head of my household. Mm-hmm. Even even if the even if I am the uncle of my nephew's ch- children, you can call me granddad. It's all good because I've been granddad from when I was fourteen because of my personality and nature and the fact I wore glasses. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, Hannah, so you mentioned you talk about submission on your TikTok account. What is the general response you get? Women hate it. (laughs) (laughs) They'll say something like, this is misogyny. Or standing what submission is in the context of a healthy relationship. They They think submission and they think, oh, being a slave or lowering yourself for a man Mm -hmm. or being at his beck and call or having no opinions Mm -hmm. when submission in a relationship isn't about that at all Mm -hmm. it really means that you're just trusting a man's leadership and that you respect him to the point where even when you have disagreements you're not nagging you're not shouting at him you're not emasculating him Mm -hmm. so when women understand that and the word in itself submissive it's so it triggers people so i know you said as many of you all right, you heard that clip. Is submission a trigger word? Does crying in front of a girl affect your leadership skills? Those are things we're trying to find out. Um, I don't know. Does it? Can you be emotional and still lead? Can you? I think so. Can you be vulnerable? I think you can. Just depend how vulnerable. Uh, fine alright why are men angry why are men angry in America is it because women are going further than they are oh, let's listen to Joe Rogan it is and then on the other end you know a lot of people who bought into what he was selling or what you know nfts that were being sold or whatever random crypto like scams were out there you know they had their own vulnerabilities of maybe they were hurt in the financial crash maybe they feel like it was disproportionately young men right so maybe they feel like the american dream of like getting the house and having the the family and the you know the like basic middle class prosperity wasn't really open to them and they're being sold this sort of hero journey narrative about you know fortune favors the brave and you got to get in early and this is secret special special knowledge that's going to allow you to achieve your goals of wealth creation that has been held out to you of like what is at the core of being a man it's a very seductive story it's a Why very is it seductive all story connected to the manscape the manscape right. and crypto yes. and NFTs. Because it all is this whole. This, you know, it's interesting. Some of the most viral content that we've done in like the last several months is just problems with men. Like we did this mm. video. It was like the problems of boys and men with the author, Richard Reeves, who's actually fantastic. He wrote a book, great book on this. You'd have a great conversation with him, actually. viral. And he, he talks a lot. He's like, look, I understand. He's like, I'm not an anti-feminist. He's like, what we are talking about, though, is in the last two decades, we've had a crisis amongst young men and something we talk about on the show is what crystal's getting at with the decline of the american dream like the idea that you were going to do better than your parents and that's just not really true anymore depend even if you went to school and you have a shit ton of student debt even if you're working class in terms of 
wage growth, upward mobility, uh, people who are graduating from high school are having much poor men and working class having much uh, more trouble actually finding a mate. So there's a big college imbalance right now where a lot of men are dropping out of college. They no longer feel accepted and you're reaching almost 60-40 splits of women and men in college, especially who are graduating. A lot of women who have college degrees don't actually want to date somebody who doesn't have a college degree. And so there's this big imbalance in the dating market. And then also among single men, you see a big decline in lifetime wages. But what really makes me really sad is the drug overdose numbers and they die much earlier. They're much less likely to exercise, much less likely to fulfill a more like a stronger life. And that's what gets to the charlatanism of like being able to buy into the charlatan, signing up for some MLN scheme that you might see online, uh, buying crypto. Um, by the way, you're looking at a crypto victim. I lost five thousand dollars on BlockFi. Uh, got fucked out uh, by that. There's a um, lot of men that feel by their very existence that they're bad. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they, they, it's a big cultural fed this thought of toxic masculinity and the things that they're attracted to. They think they've been told are stupid or you know that they're evil or. You know, there's a thing about being uh, a man in this world today that I think we have to look at all human beings as just human beings. Yeah. And you, you don't, you can't help that you were born a man, and you can't help the things that you enjoy. Like if you enjoy going to football games, you enjoy getting mm-hmm. loud with your friends. You, this idea of toxic masculinity, it's like. Yeah, there's toxic aspects of men, and and that's real. That's a reality of being a male human being. If you look at the history of war, it's all started by men. Men did all of it. Men do all the raping. I had this guy on the podcast once. It was hilarious. He goes, actually, you know, statistically speaking, men get raped more than women do. I go, yeah, by other men, you fucking idiot. I go, it's not packs of cheerleaders raping football players. The fuck is wrong with you? The problem is 100% men. That's the problem with manosphere is that there's grifters in the manosphere yeah. that aren't actual real men. Yes. And by real men, I mean they don't have resolve. They, like if you took them on a hike, they would get tired. They would sit down. You would have to leave them behind. They're not... The, the, the word tough is a word, but it, it, it's like, a, like, oh, you're tough. No, mental toughness is fucking important. It's a really important quality of life, and it's been diminished to this thing that's like a part of toxic masculinity ideology. It's well, and this is where, you know, the Andrew Tates of the world yes, come in, and, and they, yes, like, perform this just, like, yes. caricaturish, ridiculous, yeah. masculine, whatever they're doing, and then also maybe as a sex trafficker, we'll find out, we'll see what happens there, but... It again speaks to the fact there used to be a really clear sort of cultural narrative, right or wrong, about what it was to be a man. And at the core of that was being a provider, right? For women, yes. it was like, you know, it was other things being like a mother and a nurturer and like the way you look. For men, it's like about the wallet, right? Yeah. The pocketbook. And then, so I think when we've had an assault on the middle class, on the working class, where it becomes so much harder to be able to fulfill that cultural narrative of what it is supposed to be to be a man. I think that's been, this is as a woman, but, you know, from my external perspective, I think that's been really, really devastating. And I think it's also a broad... So, society's killing a man, so that's what it is. Women are trying to be men, and men are trying to be women, or uh, men are trying to overcompensate for... Not having a job, not having a woman, depression, 
stuff like that. Is that what it is? That's why they're angry. Or the internet just amplifies the bad message. I think it's a combination of both. Because being a man is you being a man. You don't have to be a chauvinist and try to show or pick on people or degrade women to be a man. Being a man is providing. Being a man is being thoughtful. Being accountable. Being available. That's what being a man is. So if you are on the internet and you can't get a woman, you know what you do? Go to the gym. Make changes. Don't don't emulate someone who is degrading somebody else. Yes. In the short term, it'll get your girl, but guess what? They'll walk out on you. All right. That's my spew for why men are angry on the net. I don't think they're angry in real life. But, uh, last question of the day. Does size matter? Check it out. Censored ladies got a question for you. How small is too small? Well, we're talking about wedding rings, so get your mind out of the gutter. But we ask because one woman says the three-carat diamond ring, three-carat diamond ring her fiancé gave her just isn't enough. She's embarrassed by it. A TikTok video of her rocking a rubber ring instead has gone viral. Video viewed by more than one million people one million times. It's tonight's topic on Angela After Dark. So, Dr. Jones, this mailbag is getting off the chain. We have a woman who is upset and embarrassed by her husband's wedding ring. Now, the wedding ring is three carats, and she says it's simply too damn small. So she don't even wear it in the pub. Who, who are these people? Who are these people? Are these people? So I actually tried to research this, and I, I I was looking at it. And one thing I can say is, thank God her fiance has a sense of humor, and he is laughing about it because this is like three carrots is humongous. So you would think right. that someone will will see three carrots and be like impressed. Is this a Kim Kardashian long lost cousin or something? No, but they come from a family, it seems like, that has money. So they're they're from the Persian culture, and he actually mentioned it, so that's why I'm saying it. And they said that, you know, the glitz and the glam is really big. So she was like, the bigger the ring, the better. And she said someone tried to talk to her and thought she was single, and it's because they couldn't see her ring. And- oh, my God. It was it was pretty hilarious. Like, you know, I was like, "Oh, she's re- she's really trying she's really trying to milk him for a new ring." But at, the- <laughs> but at the end of the day, I I think it's a horrible thing, just in general, not just for this couple. I think it's horrible. I mean, it's three carrots. Do you know how huge? You know, and you mentioned it's the Persian culture, but still, I mean, yeah. it's superficial as hell. That that that's not restricted to just the culture. That's you. Yeah, it really is. I mean, at the end of the day, she is wearing a rubber ring instead of her ring. And I'm just like, so if you really care that much, that means you're telling me you're okay with the representation of a rubber ring. So then then keep the rubber ring. And then you can give me the three carat back. I could go put that in something else. But if you're not grateful for the ring I chose for you that I looked for, and even if it wasn't three carats, if it was just one carat or a half a carat, you have to remember whoever is proposing to you is putting their hard-earned money, putting their time into it, and they got you what they could afford. 
You know, you don't want to have someone who's proposing to you that is, you know, not really responsible with their money. So I'm looking up, and a three-carat ring could be... I mean, right, it's thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. It's not like it's at uh, Gordon's Jewelers for 250 Right. <laughs> right. So it, it, it's causing a lot of conversation of, like... I guess, like you said, like women that are superficial and is it really about the ring or is it really about you getting married? You know, what is it really about? And it's really supposed to be about the person you're about to marry. Now, what if you are an individual who can't laugh that off? If you're a husband or a fiance who can't laugh that off, what do you do in a situation like that? Do you reevaluate the whole relationship or do you have the talk like, what is this about? First, I always tell people, you know, you should know who you're proposing to. So I'm almost certain that even in this scenario, the fiance is not surprised by her reaction, right? You have to know if you're dating someone who really values big rings and is a little more superficial, you cannot be surprised that they're not going to be satisfied with the ring. I almost guarantee that they have showed you before you said, will you marry me, that this is the type of person that they are, that they really want something that's humongous or maybe even out of their financial income bracket you know you have to know that now does that mean it's going to make you feel any better if they complain about it no right it's not going to make you feel any better so as far as the fiance you have to ask yourself is just this is this just another ploy to get something more that they usually do or is this really telling me about like the character of my future wife but should you ever allow this situation, just the ring, to make you reassess the whole relationship? I don't think it needs to be reassessed the whole relationship, but I would say this is something that you should bring up in therapy because you don't want this to become a pattern. You don't want it to be that you get a house and it's not good enough, or you get a car, it's not good enough, or you get her a shirt, and if, and if nothing is ever good enough, you're going to be living the rest of your life in a space where all your effort and your money and your, your time is never going to be good enough for this person. And you have to ask yourself, do I want to be in a relationship like that? That's a question. Dr. Jones, for those who would like to ask that question and many more to you, where can they find you? You could go to my website at AngelaJonesPhD.com or you could go to my Instagram page at Dr. Angela Jones. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is a good size of an engagement ring? Three carats? Half carat, no, no, not no carrots. Uh, Three fourths of a carrot. Write us back. Tell me what your opinion is of a what's a good size of an engagement ring. Uh, Ninjas of another color at gmail.com. Ninjas of another color at Instagram and ninjas of a color. No, yeah, ninjas of another color at um, IG. All right, since it's Black History Month. Let's go ahead and pay tribute to our ancestors. Fit to your unique build and way. Love the way you look.
the L'Oreal Pumping Water Cream. Look at this bounce. I love it. You will love it. You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes, you may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like life, I'll rise. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war. The bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. We declare our right on this earth to be a man, to be a human being, to be respected as a human being, to be given the rights of a human being in this society, on this earth, in this day, what we intend to bring into existence by any means necessary. Soul has no color, no shape, no form. You have the power to change perception to inspire and empower and to show people how to embrace their complications and see the flaws and the true beauty and strength that's inside all of us. That's right. I have wrestled with an alligator. I don't tussle with a whale. I don't handcuff lightning, throw thunder in jail. Only last week, I murdered a rock. Angela Stone hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. For those who marched and for those who prayed and for those who sang and bled and for those who believed and for those who died, I stand as 10,000 to the 10th power. That is inspirational quotes from noble black figures for our Black History Month. This is Ninjas of Another Color. I'm your host, Dwayne Otley. This is episode 26, coming off the Super Bowl, All-Star Weekend, Bad Batch, The Flash, The Flash. Relationships, should you be vulnerable to your lady? Why are men angry on the internet and how big is our engagement ring supposed to be all right you can reach us at ninjas of another color at gmail.com we're also available on instagram you can support via zelle or via cash app the information is on the website give us four stars give us five stars Give us three stars. Give us any stars. If you don't give us any stars, I would just assume I'm doing it correctly. We are available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. And yes, we're still working on Apple. It's coming down the pipeline, people. And guess what? This is our show. We'll check you out next week. But does that mean our lives are meaningless? Does that mean that there was no point in our being born? Would you say that of our slain comrades? What about their lives? Were they meaningless? They were not!